Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Guess what? Three mics. Hey, oh, DIY Money. Let's go. Down at our What's awkward is Allie's over here to my left. <laughs> You're over here to my right. So I, I'm used to looking in one direction. Now you got to. When people followed us in video, they would know this because back in the day we used to do like YouTube series, and then there was a camera over here. People can't even see what I'm doing. There was a camera over here, and it was pointed at us. And you and I, or I and Quint. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how you say it. Anyhow, whoever was sitting here because we only had two people at the time would look at each other like this. But now we've added a third mic way over here, like in the corner. That's true. And there is an awkward amount of space between <laughs> us on the... We could not be sitting further apart on the couch right we'll now. Sort this out. We'll make like a tripod of seating at some point. <laughs> but I love it. I mean, we have been talking about the third mic for like six months and have never actually put the third mic into use. But now we have out. Have we? I guess so we haven't. We haven't. No, we always talk about it, but we never put it into, into use. So Let's it is awesome to have three people on the episode right now. So we're doing like a mini series on tax related questions. Yeah, we got taxes. We for got the next three episodes. This one and the next two. Yeah. So first, before we get into the tax related questions, what's shaking, Daniel? What is shaking? Uh, I've been talking about the big bike ride I got coming up, which 100. will now be passed, but it's tomorrow mm-hmm. as of the day of this recording. We're recording on a Friday today. Everything's different. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm super stoked for that. The weather has been amazing this oh, week. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's like right in the middle of what I like and what Allie likes, which is she likes it super hot, like Quint. <laughs> oh, you like it like burning up? Oh yeah. And... I want to sweat walking to my car. Yeah. I'm annoyed that I can't wear sweaters anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so no, this is my temperature, 70, 75 and sunny and cold in the morning, like brisk in the morning, 50 in the morning. I like it. I love it. Allie, what's shaking with you? Not much. Like you said, starting to feel like summer. I've been planning my first camping trip of the year for this oh, weekend. Where are you going? That's a great question, Daniel. I think we keep changing it um, because we're trying nuts. to coordinate one of our friends jumping in halfway through, which makes it hard when you're backpack camping. So do you go? So like, I'll tell you Monday where we to went. remote places and do the whole tent thing, or do you have like some kind of RV um, type? No, RV, come on. No, we usually backpack camp, but we don't typically do like long trails. So sometimes if we're feeling like it, we'll just hike in like a couple miles camp and then hike out a couple miles and then mm. go for a hike. Okay. It's kind of our norm. But we were hoping to do more backpack style this time. So pick a big old loop. And Do we need to put an air tag on you so we don't lose you? <laughs> Honestly, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. You're a couple weeks in and you're going in the backcountry. We need to keep track of her. Well, I just did um, Asheville hiking this last weekend. That was a lot of fun. Um, It was no alley hike where you go for 10 miles or something, but um, we did like four or five miles, saw some waterfalls. It was pretty awesome. Nice. It was fun. Well, I like it. Very adventurous bunch we have today. Yeah, we're just getting out and doing things. I love it. All right, let's get to our question. We got a good question today from Carmen. Carmen, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hi, DIY Money. This is Carmen from California. I'm setting up an inherited IRA for the first time. 
The default withholding is 10%, but I can change my election. I'm not sure what to select. Should I opt for less? Do I go with my tax bracket? Stick with the default? I appreciate any advice you have. All right. So I'm going to let the people with the expertise talk a little bit more about this, but let's inherited IRA. When you get inherited IRA, it depends whether it's a spousal IRA or if it's non-spousal IRA, how how much you have to take out each year. Yes. And when we're talking about the inherited IRAs, that money that comes out is going to go as income, just like a, a regular IRA would to you. Inherited IRA is going to add to your income level. Yes. So dive a little bit into tax bracket, what you all think. Daniel, I'll let you start. Yeah. So obviously condolences, because if you're receiving an inherited IRA, uh, then obviously you've seen um, somebody relatively close to you pass. So we don't want to make light of uh, you know what you might be going through uh, with regards to that. But because you asked, I think it's important to dive into sort of the financial aspects of what you're looking at. So uh, by inheriting an IRA, you're going to now likely be faced with then uh, distributing that over the next 10 years. Uh, which means that, yeah, you're going to have monies added to your income tax. So uh, dollar for dollar, uh, everything you take out is going to be taxed now at effectively your highest income tax bracket. That's the best way to describe it, CPA. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. One thing I think is important to keep in mind with inherited IRAs and things like that is depending on the size of the IRA and how big the distribution is, the temptation is to say, Start with your ordinary income rate because, like you're saying, it's going to get taxed at that. But you have to be careful in that because it might bump you up to the next bracket. So you're not necessarily going to have the same income rate as you did in the prior year. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk through that for folks who are listening in the car or something and maybe haven't looked at tax tables because they just throw their information into TurboTax and... TurboTax tells them whether they're getting a refund or they owe something, and they don't actually have never Googled or looked at Investopedia or wherever else you look at tax tables. Uh, but in the U.S., we have a progressive uh, tax system, I think is the correct way mm-hmm. to termino- yep. uh, to phrase it. What that actually means is uh, you can think about it as levels on a pyramid, Yep, maybe, is, is for layman's terms the best way to think about it. So you have, you kind of fill up income in in the first level of that pyramid and all of the income that is in that first level gets taxed at that rate. And then you layer on the next pyramid and then every dollar of income that's in that layer gets taxed at that tax rate and so on and so on and so on until you max out the tax bracket. So maybe less of a pyramid and more of one of those like nacho E seven layer dip things. (laughs) Uh, Memorial day weekend. (laughs) Uh, So you know, each layer is kind of different, and what's in that layer um, uh, is only affected by kind of that amount, if you will. So, if you are in, let's just throw out a random number, a twenty-four percent tax bracket, that doesn't mean all of your income is taxed at twenty-four percent. Just means the last X amount of dollars that was in that layer of taxes gets taxed at, taxed at that rate. So that's why if you utilize, say, TurboTax or CPA or something. You will get two numbers typically, right? You guys did this probably at your CPA. You get like a cover sheet or TurboTax gives you a summary at the end. And it says, this is your tax bracket, but this was your effective tax rate, like the total percentage you paid versus your total income. However, I'll throw it to Allie for this. Before you even get to taxable income, there's a calculation that you do. And you don't have to go through every little bit of the 
the 1040. But from a rough high level perspective, we're starting with all the income you receive in a year and then what comes out like the top two, let's say the two biggest categories that come out to get from total income from the year down to taxable income. Yeah. The biggest one is typically your deductions, which they just changed in Tax Cut and Jobs Act, where most people nowadays take the standard deduction. Um, And so that's going to take a pretty big chunk off of your gross income. And then there are other factors that also get adjusted. um, Some of those being like, if you make contributions to a traditional IRA, you come within the means that they give you for that. You can take a deduction for that. And then there's also, you know, obviously your income is the biggest part of that, uh, adjusted for interest and dividends and, and all of that nature too, capital gains, all of that. Yeah, excellent. So take your basically your gross income for the year, your total income for the year, take away any adjustments to income, look at standard deduction or atomized deduction, and then you'll have that kind of that taxable income. So you can most people can roughly estimate that based on last year's taxes, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so if this year then, it, you, I think you can. You mm-hmm. can roughly estimate it if you know what your salary is going to be, what your W-2 earnings. But now we're adding an additional yep. income, basically. It's kind of another line item that's going to add on to that. Say you know and you can kind of project out. Would you try to do, similar to your last tax return, your effective tax rate? Or would you try to do that top tax bracket that you're now adding income into? Yeah. So if it were me and I were sitting down and look at this, I would look at... So we're in 2023. I would look at my 2022 taxes, look at my total income, look at my adjustments to income, see if I was doing the same things, if I was putting the same amount in my retirement accounts or HSAs or whatever, which are going to adjust your income down. Then I would look if I took the itemized or standard deduction uh, last year. If I took the standard deduction, then I would just use whatever the standard deduction is this year. If I took the itemized deduction, I would go, is anything going to change? You know, Did I do anything out of the ordinary? For most people, if you're itemizing, there's not a lot of changes because this, well, for a lot of people, can't say that across the board. It depends. But the, the primary things that we see in our planning, and there's always special scenarios, so obviously look at your Schedule A and figure out what your itemized was last year, things like that. But for most people, it comes down to state and local taxes, uh, mortgage interest and charitable giving are like the big three, wouldn't you yeah. say? Yeah. yeah I think the so unless something's changing in there, mortgage interest should go down <laughs> year over year, hopefully, uh, if you have a standard mortgage. Uh, state and local taxes max out right now at 10000 So for most people or a lot of households in America, uh, those either go up slightly or be about the same. And then you have charitable. You should, you hopefully should know what you're charitably giving. So you can estimate really closely, I mean, within a stone's throw, within the ballpark of what your taxable income would be. Then I would add my withdrawals from the IRA to that. And I would, uh, I'm a nerd, so I would actually look at the tax tables. (laughs) (laughs) You college guys are all alike. But if I wasn't a nerd looking at the tax tables and I wanted to do kind of napkin math on it, I would look at where that taxable income amount was on those progressive seven-layer dip tax tables. And then I would tax this new amount. Uh, I would tell my advisor, planner, broker that has the inherited IRA, I would tell them to tax it at that top tax bracket more than likely. And then I would consider state as well, depending on the nuances of the state that you're in and how the taxes work there. That could either be a progressive rate or a flat tax. Uh, that's probably what I would do. Obviously, 
I would nerd out and be mindful, like Ali said, if I'm going into the next tax bracket. Right. If I'm inching any of that income into the next layer. Okay. And uh, if you're not a nerd, ask a nerd, right? Yeah. There's. There, I mean, there's <laughs> financial planners. Uh, we have a great sponsor for the show that Logan will talk about. But uh, yeah, there's financial planners, investment advisors, your tax preparer, things like that. Um, you can run just a basic tax estimate by going to you know certain web TurboTax. You could probably go to TurboTax. We're not advertising them; they're not our sponsor. But a lot of people that we talk to use them. You could probably go there, and they probably have a how to estimate your taxes for next year. There's resources you can utilize to do that. You just need those inputs. Yeah. So I think I'm going to plug our sponsor here, Zool Financial, uh, which all of us are a part of, and all of us work on plans and work on these things. And I want to mention uh, this is not this is not what Carmen asked, but when we're thinking about inherited IRAs for the person that will eventually give an inherited IRA. So if you have a lot of money in IRA funds and you have money that's going to go to heirs, we do a lot of planning at Jewel Financial for this particular reason. It's one of the reasons, one of the two biggest reasons that we talk about Roth conversion so much. So taking money from an IRA, moving it over to a Roth, paying tax now, but never paying tax again, not only does that help you with RMDs as you get up to RMD age, but also when you pass, when that IRA passes to someone as an inherited IRA that is not your spouse, the person that gets that inherited IRA has 10 years and they have to take that money out. So over that 10-year time period, they have to pull all of the money out of that IRA. And as that period is going on, in a lot of cases that we see, people that are getting inherited IRAs are in some of their highest earning years. So they're paying significant, significant taxes on the money that's coming out of the inherited IRA. So in that case, it would be better to reduce the amount that's going into the IRA have Roth that comes over to someone that inherits it. They still have to take it out in 10 years, but now it's tax-free. Anything to add to that? No, I mean, uh, it's part of your legacy planning, kind of thinking beyond just your financial plan and time horizon and looking at what the decisions that you make today impact not just your retirement picture, not just your tax picture, but your entire families, and it could be huge. All right, great. Carmen, great job. And now the chief wants to show you what you've won. We had a question sent in from Carmen. She sent in an audio question to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. She's going to get a $25 Amazon gift card for sending in that question. And she got the three of us today. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, And it's our our first episode doing so. All right, friends. uh, The secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.